Welcome to Marriage Mondays. So glad that you guys are joining us. My name is Pastor Larry. This is Pastor Blanca. Um, for those of you guys who don't know, and I'm pretty sure all you guys do, we're following the Four Laws of Love by Dr. Jimmy Evans. It's been a really good resource for us. Uh, if you guys haven't picked up a copy, or if you want a copy, let us know. We will get one to you. Hope all is well. Um, you know. Thank you guys so much for joining us this evening. Um, before we get started, let's pray. And uh, if there's any prayer petitions or anything that needs to be put out uh, before God, before we get into um, discussing being married on purpose, today's going to be one of those challenging ones. Um, so I encourage those of you guys who are online today just to help us share the word um, with those um, of your friends, family, and everybody else. Because again, this one technically is getting us to be married on purpose with purpose for a purpose that is way bigger than just two individuals. And it's so good. So if you have a prayer petition, put it in the chat, or if you want to raise your hand and make it audibly known, um, if not, then we'll go ahead and pray. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly father, we just come before you this evening in gratitude of who you are in our lives. We thank you God again for the couples that are joining us and um, we pray blessings over their life. We pray, God, that as we all learn to have a God-centered marriage, that you continue, God, just to make your will known in our lives. We pray these things in your precious and mighty and powerful name. And we all said, amen. Right, We know that we've been going through the premise of our study has been found in Genesis chapter 2, verses 24 to 25. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother to be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And they were both naked, and the man and his wife, and there was no shame. So, again, this is the foundational verse or, or context of the marriage, uh, a God-ordained marriage. And it's broken down like this. We've been going essentially section per section. Last week, we, we talked about the servant rules, which were really good. Now we're talking about being married on purpose. So I'm going to ask you guys a question, and I do need feedback, okay? This is not something where me and Blanca are just going to sit here and just wait for you guys to, um, to, to just talk. We really want that active feedback uh, this evening. Um, and... I'm going to ask you a couple of questions here, right? Number one, do you fight? Yes or no? And, and what I mean by fight is have passionate discussions. I'm not talking about like the physical altercation because if that's the problem or that's the issue, then we have to have a one-on-one -on -one counseling session with you guys. But we in marriage have discussions, right? We, we have things that we both don't agree on or viewpoints of, of everything else. Um, you know, I want to do one thing one way. I want to do something else the other way. And we're getting into all these conversations. And, and sometimes those conversations turn what my parents would call and describe passionate discussions. Right. And I think in marriage, um, those passionate discussions that the friction that, that happens needs to be on purpose. Because if the, the arguments are just arguments for the sake of arguing, then it's just the cycle of craziness, right? And, and there's nothing to conclude. So Dr. Jimmy Evans would ask, 
this question to begin with. Do you believe, and I want to ask this audibly, and I need you guys to answer this yes or no. Do you believe that God put you and your spouse together? Someone answer that. Yes. Yes. Just Monica and Alex were meant by yes. God ordained. Thank you, baby. <laughs> I was waiting for it. Yes, Carla and Trino, yes. Okay. Now, the question isn't if God put us together, but the question is if God put us together, what's the purpose or what's the why? And have you ever asked yourself that question? Yeah, I think it's so easy when we ask that first question, like, do you believe that God put you together? Like, yeah, of course. We're married. I, know, I know I was created for you, babe, specifically. <laughs> but I think it comes down to um, really understanding why. When we really ask ourselves, why did God put us together? Then we really start to look ahead, right? Right. So we start to uh, what Dr. Evans would describe be married on purpose because sometimes we get married with the, just with the wholeheartedness of saying, well, yeah, God put us together, but then we need to ask ourselves, then why, why would a God of all creation pick two people out of the 7.5 billion people on earth and put them together? If we believe that as Christians, what's the purpose? So as we go on, we're going to talk about the five virtues of, of, of vision Right, we're gonna cover that, and and I'm gonna ask again for some input. Dr. Evans has some really good points, but how how do we do this practically? What does that look like? How do we answer the why every day? Now, I want to preface this by by stating this: Dr. Evans calls these things or calls this practice a vision retreat. Now, a vision retreat sounds kind of cool, and it also sounds really motivating because when we think about a retreat, it's the depart of our normalcy, our normal everyday lives. Um, but some of us think that those are vacations, but he's saying that this is not a vacation. This is a purposeful separation from your day-to-day lives away from your kids. And we'll talk about what that is. And, and we're going to put pictures up on the website and everything else for the resources, but it's a purposeful get- getaway so that you can plan the next 12 months of your marriage with a purpose on purpose and then how you both get there. And this covers all conversations from finances to um, your the way you parent, everything that happens in your bedroom, and, and everything in between, your, your attitudes and everything else. So that way, when someone asks you if God put you together, for what? You can answer the why. And we believe that God is purposed in everything else. So Proverbs 29 verse 18 would say, where there is no vision, the people are perishing, one version would say, right? Mm -hmm. But happy is the one who keeps the law. Now, what this simply means is if we don't know where we're going, then we will have no idea how to get there. And that's a logical, practical thing to say. But what the psalmist would say here is if there's no vision, people perish. And if there's no vision in our marriage, then our marriage then therefore perishes. But happy is the one who keeps the law. Essentially, is just referencing this. If we do the vision together, we see the vision and we go for the vision, then we are in pursuit of happiness, in pursuit of peace. So I want you to write this question down, right? 
what does it mean to have vision in your marriage? And um, I, I want you to start processing and even thinking about that and how to get there. Because again, what we're trying to do tonight is just briefly touch on how we get there, but we can't answer what the why is for every individual marriage. But there are some five virtues that we can talk about and go through to kind of bring the vision to life. And these are what Dr. Evans would call the five virtues of vision. And vision here, Dr. Evans refers to a, a, uh, a unit, right? So like not both of you having separate vision, but how just being united in your vision. Um, he, and I think later on it's on the slides, but he writes that when we don't agree on a singular vision for our marriages, then division is inevitable. Right. And that's where division occurs right. because of two visions. Right. And I think that's where arguments occur, right? Like I want to raise the kids one way. I want to raise the kids the other way. I want to do one thing while I want to do the other thing. And essentially because the vision is not there, um, then again, it's, it's inevitable. Division occurs, right? And for those of us who've been married for uh, a little bit, um, you know, we can kind of pinpoint, you know, when there's division happening and when there's not versus if you've been married like newlyweds, everything is through the honeymoon phase and everything else. But understand this, this practice is for all ages of marriage from if you're, it's your first year, if it's your 100th year. Now I'm going to share a little story and I haven't, you know, cleared it, but, uh, our, our soon to be brother-in-law and sister-in-law, my sister-in-law, Blanca's sister, um, when they were dating, they turned in the certificate or their vision statement to my, my in-laws, well, Blanca's parents. And we thought it was the, the, the silliest thing because we essentially don't practice that. But I, I texted, uh, his name is Chris. I texted Chris earlier and I said, Hey, Chris, I commend you for taking the leadership to put something in place, something in writing, something clear where you and Stephanie then followed. And that is now leading into marriage. Congratulations. Proud of you guys excited for your future, right? Did you want to say something? It looks like you just wanted to interject some no, good stuff. All right, just, cool. So it was cool. It was really cool to see that living out because again, you know, I asked my father-in-law, hey, can I, can I, you know, can I date Blanca? And he, he, he asked me, why do you want to date her? And uh, I remember that conversation uh, kind of clearly. And I go, I, I believe that I want to pursue um, her in the relationship of marriage and eventually marry her and start the life with her. And he says, as long as you honor her, uh, but you honor God first and honor me as your dad, your father-in-law and honor your parents, uh, you, you would be okay. So again, getting into all these understandings of these are virtues of vision. So number one, you guys ready? You guys writing it down? is clarity, right? How do you know if you are succeeding if you don't know what you are trying to accomplish? I think the example that Dr. Evans uses in the book is a really good one. Imagine this. There is a carpenter in the middle of a field. He's chopping the wood. He's uh, nailing the wood together, but he has no blueprint and he has no idea what he's building. Essentially, our marriages are like that. And this is what the second point would say. The marriages, they are together, the husband and the wife, they are together in a house having babies, paying bills, raising their kids, 
going through the motions, but with no blueprint of the bigger picture of what they are trying to accomplish to the end. Essentially, we're just going through the motions of being married. We, we think that being married is just having babies, paying bills, raising kids, going through the, the, the motions of that. But when it comes to, okay, what do we want to accomplish together? Why, why does God put us together? What is God's will for our lives together in one, right? Because scripture says that they're going to become one flesh. If we don't have a blueprint, a clear vision, then we don't know how to get to the end. And, and it's for some of us, and, and, and it becomes a really daunting task to say, hey, what are we doing and why? Because if we don't have the answer to the why or the gist of getting to the answer to the why, then there is no clarity. And if there's no clarity, then the expectations are not met. There will always be these shortcomings um, and there will always be what Dr. Evans would say, inevitable division amongst the relationship of marriage. Now, when God puts things in order, God clearly puts things in order. And he says this, vision gives us clarity. We are doing things for a specific purpose. And we are not wasting our efforts or just going through the motions. I think that is a powerful statement because, you know, I truly believe that a Christian marriage should not be a marriage that is dull ever. Like I believe that a Christian marriage, a Christian life is never boring. Um, life is just life and it's full of ups and downs as far and as, as uh, and marriage is also. And, um, and when we are on the same page, then all of a sudden I can rely on and lean into my spouse and say, okay, where are we going? Keep me accountable to how we get there. When it comes to raising our kids, when it comes to the pursuit of each other, when it comes to our, our life in general, right? The conversations of what are we doing? Make it clear. Because if I'm using a different vernacular than my wife, then the expectation for me to, for her to understand it is a mute point. So I need to tell my wife clearly, Hey, these are our goals. The same way my wife would have needed to tell me, Hey, these are our goals. Right? So again, I, I believe that tonight is going to be one of those challenging nights for us, especially if we as couples don't practice this. Right? So clarity is a important part of one of the virtues of vision, right? Make it clear, make it, make it easy. James would say, use simple language when you're preaching the gospel. You don't use extravagant or elegant words because you want everybody to understand um, these things, right? So clarity, make sure that clarity is something that we focus on because then clarity would then lead into energy. Now I like energy because a lot of us, um, in first thing in the morning, we do a couple of things. We get up, get ready, and make ourselves a cup of cafecito. Cafecito, right? And uh, we get into these things, expecting the coffee to give us a boost of energy. Well, when we have vision, vision becomes extremely motivating and therefore exciting. Now, I, I want to preface by saying this, or I want to state this, or make this statement at the beginning of every year. Or maybe every season we we have what we call resolutions. Are these new goals? Are these new mindsets? Right. I'm going to lose 
X amount of weight. I want to be a more uh, a better eater. So for some time, we were, we're really excited, really motivated, really, oh yeah, I'm going to get this done. But something happens. I, I think that the vision either is a little too difficult for us or we don't reach a certain goal by a certain time or we lose energy. Right. But when we, when the vision is clear, the vision becomes extremely motivating and exciting. If the vision is clear in marriage, if I know that my wife expects me to live out this vision, I can tell myself I'm husband. I know how to fix A through Z and get this vision done. And same for the wife. Hey, my responsibility as a wife is to A. B, C, all the way through Z. And we're going to do this in unison together because then the Lord answered me this and said, this, this is the Lord talking to Abacook. He says, write the vision and make it plain on tablets and he may, so that he may, uh, so that he may run who reads it. Sorry, got a little bit mixed up in my dyslexia, but essentially it's saying this. Write it down, make it plain, make it clear so that anyone who reads it can go and run with it. I, 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 I think that the way this works in 2021 is we put either post-its or we get like a big poster sheet and put it in our bathroom wall, you know, or, or our office or somewhere where it's visible. And, and we say, okay, these are the things that we are trying to achieve in the next 12 months of our married lives. Now, again, why 12 months? Because in those 12 months, we can essentially break them down to smaller chunks. We can break them down and say, okay, what is the rest of February going to look like? What's March going to look like? What are the goals that we're trying to reach by April, May, June, July, right? And we start to do these things. And again, how cool would it be? That even your kids who are reading these vision statements for your marriage would say, oh, mom and dad are on a mission to be healthier together. This is why they eat this way or they exercise or they want to be more biblically sound. This is why they take time to read the Bible together and pray together and everything else. Because what happens is if this is not clear or if people don't run with this, the lack of vision means an inability to see the way I should go. I love what. Uh, David would write, you know, your light is a lamp unto my path, essentially is what God has written down, lights up the path in order for us to go that way. God's will for our lives as individuals and custom made just for us. Now, love that statement too, because that means our relationship is going to look a lot different than Jerry and Anna's. It's going to look a lot different than Carlos. Carla and Trina's. It's going to look a lot different than Magali and Abner's. Trina. Trina. What did I say? Trina? Sorry. It's going to look a lot different than everybody's relationship. And I think this is why we have to answer the question, why? As I was preparing for this, or we were preparing for this, you know, the answer to this, God, and, and Blanca can and back me up here, we prayed at the beginning of our marriage, God, just use us in whatever method you want to use us. And I remember specifically praying, God, uh, allow us to be a couple that leads by example, because that puts us into a category of relying completely on you. And I think about where God has us right now doing this for our church, and it's a blessing and it's an honor. Yeah, it comes with a lot of work, but we get to live these out along with you guys too. 
Um, and and again, this is our custom why of what God is doing. And Carla and Trino are living out their custom why. Monica and Alex, Magali and Abner, Anna, Jerry, Kayla, Michael, you guys are all living out your custom whys of what God is doing in your life. Now, I want to say this, and here goes my pastor rant for the moment. God has called you guys, specifically called you guys to pursue the things that you can handle. And I want to say that because sometimes we, especially in the society that we live in today, are trying to mimic something that God never asked us to mimic in our marriages, in our personal life. We're trying to get to these, oh, if I can only live this way, then I think that I would be happy. And if God has never called us to these things, then we will never pursue what God has called us. But God's will for our lives is custom made just for us. God does not have a one size fits all vision for everybody. It's personalized for our giftings, for our circumstances, for our dreams, and for our desires. God's vision brings clarity and excitement to our marriages. Now, when we got the clarity and the energy, we can move on to the purity. Now, purity, we've talked about this thing uh, or this concept, excuse me, in, 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 in length in our previous gatherings. Purity means when there isn't a clear purpose in what we are trying to accomplish, we get bored, we get distracted, and we get tempted. Yeah, and it, and it goes back to uh, what the Lord to- told um, that original scripture that we read in Proverbs twenty nine eighteen. When there is no vision, the people perish. And I think this is a good example of that portion of scripture. When there isn't a clear purpose in what we're trying to accomplish, we basically perish as a couple because all of a sudden we're bored, we're distracted, and then temptation comes. Mm. And that's what leads marriages into a path that that we should, that we don't want to go to. Right, because it's... Because what, what, what would Paul write in, uh, I believe, his first Corinthians? He goes, um, don't allow the enemy to get any space in between you or your spouse. Because if he gets a little bit, he'll wedge the difference. And I think that when we get bored, distracted, or tempted, that is essentially the devil coming in and saying, hey, your wife is doing this when she really isn't. Or your husband is thinking this when he really isn't. Because the vision isn't clear. And when the vision isn't clear, we we drop purity and we start to think of malice thoughts or impure thoughts in the sense of our spouse. And we start to look at our spouse instead of a gift from God and a helper as somebody who is hindering my life. And this isn't something that is God ordained. This is why we have to answer the question, why? Why did God bring us together? If we believe that God brought us together, what's the why? And the why is found in the vision. Because we don't see eye to eye with common vision. There is the vision present with all of the problems that come with it. If we don't see eye to eye, of course, there's going to be division. But when we get into seeing the same vision, when it's clear, when it's pure, when it's full of energy, then come what may. Come the high days, the low days, we know where we're going as couples. Because vision brings discipline and focus. 
So good. That that that's so good. Like think about that, highlight that, circle that, write that in your heart. That that statement is good because without vision, we get bored, distracted, and tempted. With vision, we're dis- disciplined and focused, right? We don't want to mess things up because we are together trying to accomplish the same something great, the same thing and something great. This is the becoming of one flesh. We're on the same trajectory. We're doing the same things. We're pursuing God together, united, because we are on the same path. We want to accomplish something great. Our impure desires and restrained are restrained because we have something positive to do with our energies. Right? Yes. And uh, one of the things, like you said, vision is brings discipline and focus. And we can also describe vision as being positive and forward thinking because when we have vision, we don't have time to look back at uh, mistakes or failures or regrets or pains, but it focuses on the future and it um, allows us to draw closer together and to accomplish our dreams together because we're not looking back. We're forward thinking. What's that Israel song? Not going back, looking ahead, yeah. moving, moving I don't know forward. what it's called, but yes. Anyway, it's awesome. <laughs> Great song. And then when we got our clarity, our energy, our purity, then all of a sudden unity starts to kick in. This is what Jesus says. Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation and a house divided against itself will what? Fall, right? And then you're getting into these practical ways that Jesus is teaching us. Hey, if you're going to be divided, don't expect to succeed. But unity brings great promises. A marriage without a vision from God to bring both spouses together is a singular vision divided. I want to emphasize this statement. Vision comes from God. This is why we take time to ask ourselves in our devotion time together and individuals, God, what do you have for our marriage? Use us in the way you need to use us. This is totally dependent on you because unity comes because we aren't two stubborn people trying to impose our wills on each other. Yeah, and I think we have to remember, um, just like Luke reminds us in that scripture, in that first bullet, that uh, division occurs because there are two visions. And when we are just trying to defend our vision or why we need to follow our specific vision or reason, then there comes a divided home. Mm. That's good. Because... If we're stubborn, the Kennedys, to be honest, like if we're stubborn, there's not, no one's going to win, right? I want my way. Well, I want my way. And, you know, an individual's way will always divide the house. But here, we are two submitted, submitted people trying to find God's one will for our purpose together. There's a difference between stubborn, stubbornness and being submitted before God. Because in our stubbornness, we're kind of declaring my way is better than God's way. But when we're submitted, we're declaring God's way is better than my way, right? Yeah. 
And with division becomes, the only way division will become unity is when we allow God to adjust like our individual perspectives on what our vision should be and just lay it in his hands and say, God, help us have this singular vision to move forward. And then it becomes a sacred prize for those couples who humble themselves before God and each other under the covering of his will. That's key right there. That's awesome. Because again, God, we submit ourselves to you. Spouse, I submit myself to you. And God, cover us in your perfect will, right? It's so good. In his perfect will, not in our selfishness or our dominance over our spouse. Mm. In his perfect will. Amen. That's good. That kind of like gives you like a little, when we're fighting or when we're passionately discussing, our first thing shouldn't be reacting to each other, but to go pray, right? Because we're submitting to God, submitting to each other. I don't want to put my stubbornness on you. and Likewise, the stubbornness on me. And we should say, hey, let's take time to pray. And then we'll work through these things, right? So. Key right there. Pray together, not <laughs> go Go and pray because you're what I said, that's what I said. <laughs> No. Oh. Just the key pray together. Yeah, pray together. And if after prayer you're still fighting, pray some more. Yeah. Right? Okay. So here's, here one. is the fifth <laughs> virtue and the one that kind of like ties everything together. As we wrap up. It's victory. How many of us do not want to live a marriage of victory? I mean, victory, I think, is probably one of the greatest joys of life. You know, you, 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 you win. You succeed. You reach a goal, right? This is the grand prize of vision, that there is something to look forward to. We got there together. I, I love what Dave Ramsey would say. He says, put your finances on a wall and say, okay, today we're going to pay off this card or this debt. And he goes together. You guys are victoriously achieving things that are worth the sacrifice, worth the effort. And at the end of it, you guys can call me and he says, and do the, we are debt-free claim, right? Well, in the same way, in unity, in the virtue of a vision, there is victory because we can say, okay, February, we hit our goal. March, we hit our goal. And by June, July, August, September, we are on a roll. And God is just being faithful because he implanted this in us. And we can answer the question, why did he put us together, right? So, Start by surrounding or surrendering to the Lord and praying for him to reveal his will to you. He then imparts vision and provision to you as a result is victory. It is about coming together as a couple and proactively planning rather than reacting and living defensively in the dark. So good, right? And then we do this. God doesn't bless good ideas. He blesses his ideas. I read that. That rocked my life. I was like, God, I want your ideas to be my ideas. This is why the surrendering of our will, of our lives, of our marriage is something crucial to do. Because if we come together, especially as disciples of Jesus, come together and say, God, You are enough for all of our marriage, not just for this situation. Or God, I'm not only going to come to you when we're in dire need of something or when we just want to want something, but in everything, 
We want our ideas to be your ideas because he blesses his ideas, not just good ideas, his ideas. So it's good. There's victory. There's hope. There's, there's a, there's, there's a animal. How do you say animal? Um, Motivation. Motivation. There you go. To just (laughs) get there, move, make it happen as God continues just to move us forward. And then, I believe here's here's the here's the me interjecting again. I believe that other people will start to ask you, hey, what's why is your marriage so different? Well, what are you guys doing? How can you guys participate? Can you lead by example or or give me the quote unquote secret of being married and happily married 70, 80 years? Praise the Lord. Right. And uh we're just going through these things, right? So we have the five virtues of vision, clarity. Energy, purity, unity, and victory, right? Now, here is the how do I do practical ways, and we'll put this on the website, or we'll put this somewhere on our social. How do we have a a vision retreat? Again, this is not a vacation. This is a purpose-filled, time-separated He would suggest that you go away for the weekend or if you can go away longer, that's completely up to you. But go alone. Don't take your kids. And the church said, amen. (laughs) Put in, put it on the calendar and make it happen. Essentially commit to each other. Hey, no matter what we're doing or what happens this two days, one, maybe one night or, or, you know, three nights or whatever, we're going to make it happen. Yeah. And it's ideal, you know, to go overnight without the kids and really, I think, free ourselves from all the stress and, and, you know, it's ideal. I, I think that if we all could do it, we'd do it, but we know that sometimes we can't like this year we had a last, this last year we had a pandemic pandemic happened right worldwide um and we did ours just that one night mm-hmm. the kids watched the movie and mm. and you know we didn't have the resources to go out and about or right. the world <laughs> did the world right we <laughs> so, didn't we didn't have the never mind i'm not gonna say that but we didn't have the freedom but we did and we chose to stay home and we, yeah it was, <laughs> it was just one of those do this and put but make it happen now, here's, now here are the crucial parts because sometimes when we get together and we start discussing things that we want to do as couples, there's friction. So here's where number three becomes really crucial on the success of this time. Be patient with each other and don't get discouraged. Essentially, what that means in layman's terms is, hey, I'm going to hear you out. I want you to hear me out and together in a peaceful and a calm manner, we're not going to get discouraged because I don't think I can live up to those standards or I don't think that we can do these. We're going to say, okay, if these things are not attainable for both of us at this moment, okay, where where are we going to fall into next? That way we can continue to be encouraged. Yeah. And and remember, this is around your marriage. It's not a comparison of I want our marriage or our family to be like so-and-so's. Okay, this is yours alone. Uh, Number four, seeking God's will by faith Mm. and believe that he will speak to you. Remember, that is going to be the crucial, um, I think, perspective that we need to 
bring to to the table when we get we are together because it's easy to deviate and compare and compare right but when we know that we submit to God's will and say God what is it that you want for our marriage then we are more sensitive to hearing God's voice and be able to direct and guide our marriage and and I think that's where prayer comes in as a couple because when we're seeking God's will technically we have to have a conversation with God in order to receive the will right yeah. and we start to write it down and that, and that gets us back into number five, understand how vision happens and respect each other. Hey, babe, I, I believe that this year we can do A, B, and C together and we're just going to follow through because that's what God has wanted for our lives. You know, um, and then, then just again, respect each other through the process. Because if, if Blanca's vision is for X, Y, and Z to happen and mine is, well, I want MNOP to happen, there has to be this respect of saying, okay, how do we do this together in order to accomplish these things together? Your, 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 your ministry, your career, our, our, our lives as parents are our, our foundation of relationship and the pursuit of each other. Because again, remember, we're talking about pursuing the oneness that God has created us to be. And then we make lists of things you are going to discuss in your retreat. Now this list Nothing is off topic. If you want to talk about the emotions all the way down to what happens in the privacy of your marriage, then those things we talk about. Because in the when we start making the list and you and you present it to each other, Dr. Evans would say, then there's an expectation to talk through these things. Now, the retreat, I'm not going to say that you sit there for 16 hours in the day. What he would recommend that you do. Um, before we go into number seven, is that you get up in the morning, have breakfast, pray together, see God's guidance, see God's will, talk about these things that you want to talk about, discuss them. And then he goes about one o'clock after lunch, then go and have your free time and your activity time, and then continue to talk throughout the day with these things. And then he goes, when you come home at night, you write them down. You write them down. And if you are taking notes real quick, I know our time is almost up. Some of the uh, themes, and again, it'll revolve around your individual marriage. Um, could be finance, finances, schedules, stresses you need to resolve, your priorities, your spiritual lives, your giving, um, your, your sex life, your health and fitness, your hopes and dreams. And you list them, but then you pray over them and talk through thoroughly so that you don't leave this time together with the questions or the doubts right. or the confusion over, but I wanted it this way and you didn't agree. Right. So, yeah. So take time, take, take intentional time. So we're going to get together uh, in a couple of weeks. So here's the homework for those of you guys who are online, plan a vision retreat, put that on your calendar. Say, okay, we're going to go spend a purpose-filled weekend for us, not a vacation. Well. <laughs> no, not, <laughs> a, young, not, not a vacation. For young parents, I think we've coupled ours with. No, I'm going to throw my kids in the backyard with the tent. Our anniversary. Right. Right? Like, our resources, like, we can't, like, it just, it just our depends. Time, yes. Right. Our time and resources allow us to put our vacation, I guess, our anniversary vacations into what we plan for our year. Yeah. So, 
do that, but make it happen. You know, if, if, it, if you don't want to do it during your anniversary weekend, then, then, then pick a different weekend to say, Hey, we want to get away from our, 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 our everyday normal lives and just focus on what God is asking us to do in this next year. And then create a vision for your marriage, make it clear, write it down, make it visible. Now, Yes, in, make in it those, visible. Right, make it visible. Now, in those things, if you have great penmanship or if not, there's computer programs that you can use out there, Microsoft Word, I don't know. Make Just make it visible. Put it somewhere or maybe in multiple places where you and your spouse can read the list, read the vision, and say, okay, we're going to accomplish this. Because this is what my mentor would tell me. You can't fix what you don't measure. Or you can't really adjust what is not really recorded. For example, if I go and I pray to God, God, I need a six pack, like big time. I just want that. I just want that physical. Like I just want to look like Samsung in his prime when he was like in love with God. Samsung. Samsung. Samson. Well, whoever it was. Maybe <laughs> the phone. Maybe the phone company. <laughs> Samson. I want to look like Samson in his prime when he when 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 he was in love with God. The, the pre the pre Delilah days, right? And uh, and and the reality is, I see a six pack of Twinkies and I eat the Twinkies. I'm not gonna get to the six pack that I'm asking for. So if I have the vision and I make it clear and I write it down and I make it visible, now I want to show you something because this is what I asked one of my friends to help me do, and. Uh, my wife is a witness and you probably guys, you probably can't see this, but I'm going to, I'm going to try. I, I asked one of my friends, Hey, I need a, a workout regimen that helps me develop, um, more muscle. So he sent me the workout regimen, right? So I don't know if you guys can see that along with writing it down, there's pictures of how to do the workout. It's washed out. Is it washed out? So anyway, this guy looks like he's like Samson. 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 What did I say? <laughs> Samson. 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 He's a tech. You're a tech at heart. Yes. Samson before Delilah, right? But <laughs> you're getting into these things. So the premise of tonight, ask yourself, why did God put us together? And just, I think value vision. Like right. his word says in Proverbs 29, 18, when there is no vision, my people will perish. perish. Right. And certainly we apply that in our marriages with so many marriages ending in divorce or um, separation, you know, what was the vision? Why are we together and applying the principles that God has left in his word for us? Right. Thank you so much for joining us. We love you. Babe, go ahead and pray to dismiss. Yes, let's, let's pray. God, thank you for this opportunity that we get to come together, Lord, to just grow as couples in your word, God. I pray that you bless every marriage represented um, here tonight, as well as just the marriages around in our, um, just at Bethel and in our community, Lord. I pray that we be light um, for uh, those that need you, God. I pray that as we are reminded today that without vision, Lord, um, we perish. I pray that uh, you would continue to impart just wisdom and understanding in every marriage, Lord, um, that you continue to use us, Father, for um, just your glory and to expand your kingdom, God, um, through what you're going to do in, in each one of us, Lord. I pray that as we go about um, the next couple of weeks, 
um, that we may be reminded, God, uh, just like you told Habakkuk, Lord, um, that we need to write it down, Lord, and we need to be able to make it clear, Father, for others to run with it, God. We want to be that example. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Love you guys. All right. Have a good night. Thank you for joining.